Hi, I'm Nicole. And I'm Christian. And welcome to The Crime Couple. So, now we are on episode six. Sorry for the delay of a week. It is what it is. Deal with it. (laughs) We've just been busy. Um... Do we have anything we want to talk about before we get started? Please give us a follow on our Patreon at www. I don't know how to get to our Patreon.com. Uh, 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 I think it's patreon.com slash the crime couple. So give us a follow on there. We're going to start putting some content up there very soon. So make sure you get on there and get your spot reserved because we're going to start pumping out that exclusive content for y'all. Very true, very true. No, that is not our link. Let's see what it is. So to get to our Patreon, go to our website and click on the Patreon tab, and it will zoom you right over to our Patreon page where you can sign up. Okay, wait. I'm a liar. (laughs) I made it so that it's the crime, www.thecrimecouple, or like patreon.com slash thecrimecouple. Also, review us on Apple Podcasts, please. Don't let Lou the Pooh win. <laughs> no, that one was deleted. Lou the Pooh. Okay, so I also do want to shout out the Serial Killers podcast, but it's so funny because it's cereal, like, nom nom nom. Yeah, I love it. We so, need to buy some more cereal, some CT Crunch. That is good. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. Yeah. So definitely give them a listen. And also, Anne Rutar, they get they guessed our topic correctly this week. Shout out. Do we shout out the person who won the really stylish book that we did? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. So her name is Megan, and she's from Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. So she won our um, giveaway, and it was the Encyclopedia of Serial Killers. And we'll do another one next month, so make sure you pay attention. Georgia's not near and dear to my heart. I was supposed to go to college there, and then the day before I was going to sign my papers, they said, no. We take it back. And Nicole may or may not. (gasps) (laughs) What? Say it, pussy. <laughs> Nicole may said that she may or may not have been happy that they took my offer away because she was a Christian's mean girl. a liar. <laughs> He's a straight up freaking liar. Nicole's a very mean girl. No, I'm not. I'm an angel. Help me. <laughs> oh. oh, just wait till this podcast is done. Keep that energy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking energy. Okay, so let's get going. Our topic today is the Yakuza from Japan. Yeah, I wanted to kind of like tone it down with the disgusting, brutal, mutilating murders. So yeah, we're going to talk about the Yakuza today. And Christian, I'm sure you'll enjoy this because there's a lot of history. I thought you said there wasn't a lot on this topic. (laughs) There's not like, uh, I mean, there is a lot of info on the topic, but at the same time, there's not... Like, a lot of their crimes aren't really, like, brutal, so I don't know if it would be as interesting, (laughs) you know? I love how you, like, get disturbed by brutal crimes, and then, like, when there's, like, not enough, like, gore and violence, you're like, "Mm, this isn't, like, exactly (laughs) You know, I'm doing it for the people, okay? You're doing it for yourself. (laughs) 
So throughout the 12th and 19th centuries, the Japanese feudal system was based on Confucian philosophy, and it had four classes, the samurai, the farmers, artisans, and merchants. And basically, Confucian philosophy was like everyone had a place. They knew what they needed to do. Stay in your lane. (laughs) Yes. So those outside of the system were the Burakumen, and they were considered the untouchables. So samurais obviously were warriors, and they provided protection. Farmers provided the food. Artisans created goods and products. Merchants sold those products created by the artisans, and the Burakumen were anywhere from actors, butchers, sex workers, or convicted criminals. Interesting. That took a sharp turn. Yeah. 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 So, and, and like, funeral people. And, like... Like morticians? Well, I don't think they were called that in that time period. But basically, like, people who helped with the dead. What were they called? Embalmers? I don't know. Dick. (laughs) (laughs) So the only people outside of this system were the Buddhist nuns, monks, and the emperor. So everyone had a role. Among the Burakumen class were the eight Edda, who were born into their status and they couldn't ever leave. And then there were the Hinin, or Hinin, and they were able to rise into a different class. Interestingly, samurais were considered nobles and they fought in the name of the emperor, while ninjas were usually lower class assassins. Yeah, I think the ninjas were like farmers, right? No, they were samurais, but they were lower class samurais. Interesting. Yeah. So they didn't fight in the name of the emperor. They were usually like for hire or revenge. Just like me getting that bag. (laughs) So did you know that the lower classes were expected to bow as samurais walked by? Seems about right. I mean, you're supposed to salute as the military goes by now. So it's just kind of like. But, like, everyone was below them, so they just expected, like, a standing, like, bow. I don't think it's that weird. Okay, but then it gets weirder because if they didn't bow, like, the people, the samurais could legally chop off that person's head. Wow. That is, uh, that's intense. Right? I kind of fuck with it, though. I just don't understand. I just picture, like, you know, like, people do a wave at, like, Mm -hmm. at, like, baseball games? I feel like it's like that, but the opposite way. They're just like, boom. Yeah. <laughs> just bowing. Be like, Addie, stop. Stop it. Stop it. Okay, so samurais were about 10% of the population, and they answered to daimyos, which were powerful lords who usually had a lot of land. Mm-hmm. And then the daimyos answered directly to the shogun, which oh. was a military direct military dictator appointed by the emperor so from top to bottom emperor shogun daimyo samurai farmers artisans merchants virakumen boom good shit so eventually the samurai class lost power because in there was because there wasn't any fighting mm-hmm. there wasn't it wasn't a time of war and at that point people of different classes began to commingle and eventually the class lines kind of disappeared because mm-hmm. people found love they're fucking putting them in places (laughs) well also i was reading too that like the people who 
the people who are butchers they were considered the untouchables but then they could have like a monopoly on butchers so they could be super rich no way yeah so they could be like super wealthy but still like low class you know what i mean i mean it's like a wild card you know like if you're a sex worker you're like if you're a butcher you're like you know no because what about like anyone who had a monopoly in those fields you could, you could be the best prostitute in the whole world. No, we're not supposed to say prostitutes. I don't know. Yeah. We're supposed to say sex workers. Okay. But you could be the best sex worker in the whole damn world, and you could still be considered pure human. I mean, I'm okay with being a butcher. I know they have, like, you know, cold cuts available. On oh, my God. You're fucking gross. I am just want a simple life. And being a rich butcher definitely That is qualifies. not a simple life. Anyone who's a butcher is scary. What do you mean? You think you could just kill animals all day long? I mean, back then, the amount of jobs that are available to going to war, being a farmer, or being okay, a Okay, farm. Go farm. Yeah, but you said the, the farmers are in the class system. They can't be rich, but the butchers... No, farmers can be rich. But they're in the class system. They're all in the class system. The barracumen are also in the class system. Yeah, but you said they can make monopolies. Anyone in any of the classes can make a monopoly. Speak out both sides of your lips. Think about it, Christian. Get your story straight, Nicole. Use your head. (laughs) Use your common sense. Um, Okay. I just think it'd be cool to be a butcher. I feel like you'd have good steak. Okay, am I dating a serial killer? What's wrong with you? How is it a serial killer? Where do you think the where do you think the Cardiff Cliff that we ate this weekend came from? I don't want to think about it. I think it just happened to appear there by a fairy. I don't want to think about a animal dying. I'm gonna record you next time when you're like, oh my god, this is the best thing I've ever had in the entire I world. will say it a hundred times over. I love meat. I will eat meat every single day of my life, but I fucking hate the idea that I'm eating an animal. Next question. okay prior to the 1850s the only europeans allowed in japan were dutch traders that lived on a little japanese island that's cool no it's not kind of racist wait what do you mean even japanese citizens who went abroad weren't permitted to return i mean shit are you with us or is you not (laughs) you are Are so annoying this episode (laughs) Me gives a little bit of resistance. Nicole, you're such a dick. No, I didn't say you were a dick. I said you're straight up annoying. Okay. I'm just kidding, though. I love you. Christian's commentary trickles off slowly. (laughs) (laughs) The crime couple. The solo crime couple. The Christian left me. I'm sorry. It's okay. We'll talk about this later. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) i'm gonna think about this for the rest of the podcast are we really gonna have something to talk about (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) okay so according to a thought co article by callie skenspensky the official end of the feudal system was when a u.s naval fleet demanded Japan open their borders to foreign trade by invading Tokyo Bay in 1853. Which, I think it's interesting to think that this was, like, less than 200 years ago. Right. Like, not that long ago. They were just rolling up on people's countries, like... 
What's good? Open them doors. It's a big ass island over here. <laughs> Seems like y'all got a lot of shit we don't. It's kind of our thing to come in and appropriate. What about this island? I think we're going to take it. <laughs> and thus begins our 90 year descent into World War II. <laughs> All right, so the Yakuza literally means good for nothing, and it's the equivalent to what would be considered Japan's mafia. The term comes from a bad hand in Japanese poker. Ya means eight, ku means nine, and za means three, which I guess obviously equals 20, but I guess that's one over what the best hand would be in Japan. Because when I was, I literally added eight plus nine plus three works in finance like 15 times i was like what the fuck and then i realized it said japanese um what is it called where you do 21 blackjack yeah it's like the japanese version of it so in japan i guess it's 19 interesting so it's one over what would be the best hand and so you're bust yeah exactly and the Yakuza originated from the untouchable Birakuman classes that I mentioned earlier, and eventually they were able to organize themselves into groups with leaders. And I saw actually a few mentions too that the Yakuza also involved Koreans in Japan because they were considered the untouchables too, just because they were Korean. I guess Japan was really, ra- I don't know if they still are, really racist to Koreans. I have heard through the grapevine that Many of the Asians are racist to one another. That's so bizarre. Right? We were all in this together. together. Yeah. Um, They just like we do. (laughs) Koreans were actually brought into Japan as slave laborers. So eventually when they were freed or escaped, they joined the Yakuza. And then in mid seven, the mid-1700s, gang wars with the Yakuza were actually so rampant that the Japanese government responded by introducing officially sanctioned bosses called Oyabans. And it's still used in this time, but they literally means foster parent. And in the time where there were samurais, they were allowed, Oyabans were allowed to carry swords, which was normally only reserved for samurais, so they could provide protection, basically. And it's usually Oyabun is like the dad, so he's the boss, and then like the kids or the followers is the Coben. Call me Oyabun tonight. Oh my god! Yeah, I was wondering why you were sitting over there smiling, <laughs> nodding my head. I was like, "Shut up, bitch! Let me say it." <laughs> I was like, "Why is he so smug over there?" Damn. Let me take a hit of this water real quick. <laughs> So what do you think happens if a Coben breaks Yakuza code? A Coben? That's like daddy, right? No, that's the kid. Or the the follower. Um, cut their hand off? No, close though. I was, I really, I thought you were going to say murder them, like just kill them. And I was going to be like, no, something better. But you like almost guessed it. So, (laughs) no, it's called Yubitsumi. They don't kill anyone. They just cut off the top joint of the pinky finger. And back when you would carry swords, it would make it so that your grip was weaker. Oh. So you weren't as good of a fighter. So you'd have to rely on the group more. Interesting. Right? Mind wow. games as fuck. So then on top of that, if you like continued to like fuck up, they would just go down your hand and just cut 
one joint at a time. So it'd go from like your pinky to your ring to your middle index thumb, and then they'd go back and do the bottom. Oh, shit. Pinky. I mean, that's if you do, like, six times. Yeah, you know? how do you keep fucking up there? <laughs> so most people have, like, a pinky. You can also do it, like, you can do it to yourself if you need to apologize for something, or you can do it. <laughs> if you, I am so sorry for inconveniencing you. Let me mutilate myself. Yeah. Bah. I think it has to be for more than that. But also, I guess, you can also do uh, do it for someone else. Like, if they fuck up, mm. you can, which I mean. So you come home, you see my bloody pinky. Yeah, see, I cheated on you. Um, and you can't be mad at me because I already cut my own pinky off, so I, I already. Oh, it's not the you. only thing that's so, gonna be so, cut off. So if you are mad at me, you are not the asshole because I cut my finger off. So if you are continuing to be mad at me, I'll disclaimer: I did not do anything wrong. <laughs> no, you, if if you cheat and you cut your pinky off, I'm still gonna kill you. But if it was in Japan, you couldn't. <laughs> yes, I could. Not in feudal Japan. It's <laughs> against the law. You just said it. Oh my gosh. If you hear our dogs barking, they think that. That's not, some, is that our dogs? A hundred percent. What do you think it is? A wolf in the hills <laughs> 30 miles away from our apartment? <laughs> Seriously. I don't know. I thought it was like the neighbor's dog or something. Oh, the neighbor's dog. Ty, please stop. Okay. So, it's interesting because the prosthetics business in Japan. Like, the finger prosthetics is a big business. Not necessarily a big business, but it's a thing. Mm -hmm. Because if you try to leave the Yakuza and your finger's cut off, they obviously know you're part of it, you know? Or even if you're still part of it and you don't necessarily want someone to know right out. Mm -hmm. So... Maybe the finger prosthetic's kind of a smoking gun, too, but... No, they make it look super lifelike. Interesting. They, like, paint it and matches. Like, one of... I read an article where one guy has it for, like, summer, and one guy has it for, like... One for summer, one for winter, because it's tan. That is amazing. I love it. But then I was also listening to... So, I mentioned it in the Norway episode, the Sofa King podcast. Mm -hmm. They... I feel like we would be friends with them because every uh, time I do, I'm like, oh, I want to do this topic. I tend to usually just like comes to me or I'm like reading a book or something. And so I'll just search the topic for like podcasts and they keep coming up. So I was like, cool, I'm going to listen to it. So they were saying that the prosthetics, usually like the people who have it, they can't really pay for them mm-hmm. because they're trying to find work. So she does it or like whoever will usually do it for like free, like charity. So nice. Yeah, that was embarrassing. Helping gang members get their uh, fingers back on their feet. Um, Do the math on that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we need to do a behind the scenes one day of like what we're looking so you can see my face when I'm like... So beautiful. Rolling my eyes. Wow. (laughs) You're so handsome, I love you. Okay, so... The Yakuza really solidified after World War II when they started getting involved in not just, like, black markets, gambling, and the entertainment industry, but also construction, finance, real estate, and even politics. So, the interesting thing I feel like about the Yakuza is they're freaking smart. I feel like you can see that with the Yubitsumi, with them taking off the pinky to make them more dependent on the group. Mm -hmm. But then they also will buy shares of stocks in like big companies just so they can attend the board meetings and then they'll basically intimidate the board me- like the board members into doing what they want them to do just cuz they're there. I love it. Yeah, and then 
once they use their network to like blackmail politicians and business executives they'll usually start to do like insider trading so then they'll make billions of dollars because they have all this info or they can just get someone arrested for insider trading because they'll force them to do it and then they can like replace him with someone that they want or they're tied to you know wow this so is they like min- the mo- like yeah it's the, mob. it's the mafia but like it's crazy but they're so smart they're so connected they're so smart and and again the sofa king podcast one of the groups they said that he made like eight billion dollars or something like the revenue and they have businesses they're not illegal in mm. in japan they're regulated they have offices business cards there's comic books about them which is so bizarre because that's not how it is in anywhere else you know right Outside of LA with the bloods. <laughs> okay. Kryptonite. And according to a 2015 CNN article, the Office of Foreign Asset Control recognized five main groups of the Yakuza. The largest being the Yamaguchi Gumi. Second largest was the Sumiyoshi Kai, followed by the Inagua Kai, the Kudo Kai, and the Kodo Kai. And Cobra Kai. <laughs> <laughs> But the Yamaguchi Gumi group uh, actually broke up in August 2015, so there was a new rebel group that formed, and they're called the Kobe Yamaguchi Gumi. Like the Jonas Brothers. How? They broke up. No, they didn't. Yeah, they did. Now they're back together. They never broke up. They just took a break. They all did their individual stuff, and then they came back together. No, Nick did his individual stuff, but Joe was with another group. What other group? DNCE. I have never heard that. Yes, you have. You've you've seen that song, Cake by the Ocean. That is not music that I listen to, babe. You know that, right? You would have heard it on the radio or something. Oh, no. They don't play that on the radio in Louisiana. I'm sorry to be on top of the thing. Why are you looking at me <laughs> like that? I hate you. So, the National Police Agency estimated that there was about 30,000 members in 2018. Damn. But there was like 160,000 members in the 1960s, so it's dropped tremendously. But then again, Japan's super small, but it's very populated. A Washington Post article, though, argued that the membership wasn't really lowering. It was more so they were just getting smarter about their moves. A Sumiyoshi Kai Yakuza boss was quoted in the article saying, The Yakuza are a franchise. You pay your association dues to borrow the power and the menace of the group. Fear makes people pay you. But if you can't use a name or the symbol, why even stay? It's like running a McDonald's without being able to use the golden arches. Better to cut expenses and leave. We're not vanishing, we're restructuring. Interesting. Right? So, yeah, they're, like, getting smarter at hiding who is Yakuza and who's not. Mm-hmm. Because there's become a lot of law. It's just weird. They're so regulated, but at the same time, I feel like there's so many. Like, it's confusing to me that it says there's offices. Like, mm-hmm. you can just walk down the street and go into a Yakuza office. But then at the same time, there's a bunch of laws coming out that it's, like, illegal to do business with them. So, so which is it? They're yeah. just such a flex. They have everyone bought off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So a form, mm, no, just kidding. Weirdly, the Yakuza groups aren't, oh, like I've already talked about, out, out, not outlawed. 
the Yakuza bosses can be sued for damages caused by their members. An example of this was in 2012 when Goto Tadamasa had to pay $1.4 million to a family of a man that he that was murdered by his men. So the bosses can get in trouble. For, like a civil suit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's such a, like, interesting system to see that, like, they have this acceptance that, like, okay, like, these groups are just gonna, like, run shop and, like, we're gonna try to do our best to, like, tax them and, like... It's really confusing. I would be interested to know what it's actually like in Japan because... Let me just keep going. Japan has super strict gun laws and that's why it confuses me definitely about the Yakuza because I was reading barely any of the Yakuza know how to shoot guns because it's illegal to own bullets it's illegal to own a gun you it's Japan has really strict gun laws and they're following the rules in 2016 there was only one gun death interesting yeah um no they're not necessarily following the rules I guess some of them are arms dealers but it's hard because you don't have anywhere to practice mm-hmm. you know so they're all bad shots mm-hmm. like Call of Duty I don't know. Does Call of Duty make you a good shot, or is it just a video game? You never seen the memes where it was like... Never mind. Yeah. I didn't no. see it. People in Call of Duty are bad shots. That's what I thought, too. So, it seems like now the Yakuza aren't super big on murders and those types of crimes because it's such a heavy penalty. It's posh. It seems like they're more into white-collar crimes. But I was reading that they also do a lot of um, grenades to like bomb people's houses. Yeah, you're still in the intimidation factor. Mm-hmm. And a l- Telegraph article pointed out that most of their crimes revolve around drug and sex trafficking, which is sad. I don't like that. Oh, poor women. There was an article I was reading too where basically they lure women out there like, oh, you're going to be an actress or you're going to be a dancer. And then they're stuck. Because they take their passports from them. Mm. Yeah. And then they're also known to participate in dogfighting, which really made me sad. I know. It's not illegal in Japan, dogfighting. Interesting. Yeah. And the Yakuza breed and sell a specific dog known for its, like, aggressive behavior. It's called a Tosa. It kind of looks like a Mastiff but a little cuter. I'll post a picture. I just, I am trying to, like, figure this group out. They're, like, into white-collar crimes, but then they're also into, like, these, like, dirty, like... Yeah, it's weird. Like, sex trafficking, and Uh if they're just about getting the bag, like, I can get behind that, but... But if if you're already this good at it with white-collar crimes, why do you have to involve sex work, you know? Exactly. Why do you have to hurt people along the way? It's interesting because, I guess, another... um, group broke off and they started to become like a humanitarian one so it's no more like the yakuza after that tsunami that took place in japan after that Mm -hmm. giant earthquake they were the ones who first got there with aid and like were helping people and rescuing people do you know what happened in chernobyl happened there too yeah and that's so they have a they have a monopoly on the nuclear reactor too so a lot of the yakuza people work there and they were again that's, like, one of the things where it's, like, they do so much charity work to try to make up for, like, what they do bad, but mm-hmm. it's not 
like if you're the yakuza if you're not the yakuza it kind of is like if you're the hutu or the tutsi you know it's like it seems like so many people are in it it's like are you in the yakuza or are you not in the yakuza well it seems like it's i actually read a stat that like 60 percent of the people in japan didn't care about the yakuza like they didn't mind them so one in every other person so it seems like it's a pretty big part of their culture you know right and if they've helped you i mean how could you not like that you know Right, and maybe maybe they're one of those like if you just stay out of their way, they stay out of your way. Oh well, I mean they're not killing people in the streets like Colombian go- yeah. gang lords, you know. Like Co- Pablo Escobar used to give people money to the poor too, but at the same well, time, well, he tried to run for office as well. He was also trying like gunning people down in the streets. I don't know. Okay, another interesting part of the Yakuza is their tattoos. So they're no they're known to have like full body tattoos except for where, like, they would put, like, a sumo wrap kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So they'll have their whole body tattooed, but it's not normal tattoo work. It's called Iruzumi, and they use an awl, which is, like, a wood, wooden handle needle. Mm -hmm. And then they use, like, bamboo and ink. So it's super manual, and it takes super long, and it's known to be excruciating. So it's, like, a... It's, like, a... What is it? Like, a... It weighs, it's a way to show their endurance and, like, their yeah. pain tolerance. But they do come out, like, very beautiful. They're so nice. Yeah. I will say the color. I don't know. I've seen something on the History Channel about that. I think, like, the colors come through, like, more vibrant because it's, like, really just, like, pushed in there. It, like, fucks up the skin really bad. Yeah. That's why it looks good. Um, I was actually looking at some of the tattoos, which obviously I'll post two pictures of them because they, they can't show them in real life. Like... There, a lot of Japan's still places, they'll have no tattoo policies. So if you have a tattoo, you can't go in somewhere, like a gym. Damn. Or even places like that. So they'll wear, like, business suits so you can't see it. But even then, they don't take off their clothes. They can't go to, like, bathhouses, which I guess is a thing in Japan. Yeah. And they will only show their tattoos on one day where it's, like, a festival. And then they wear basically, like, sumo attire. So it's, like, covering everything but their genitals. And... It's co- No, it's covering ev- their genitals. I was just saying, oh, yeah, it's covering everything but... No, it's covering their genitals. Yeah. <laughs> nothing else. I'm sorry. There you go, there you go. Yeah, that. no, I got what you were saying. I totally got what you were saying. Super funny. So in 2011, a nationwide ordinance demanded that banks, real estate agents, nurseries, insurance providers, even sports gyms turn away gang members. And that's what I was going to say. Many after that, many of the businesses just started instituting a no tattoo policy because then that would just usually take away the Yakuza. Smart. Yeah. So there's actually a new series coming out with Ansel Elgort, which I don't know if you know who that is. Not a clue. He's the actor in Baby Driver and The Fault in Our Stars, which you probably wouldn't know them. But it's called Tokyo Vice, and it's based on the Yakuza. Interesting. We're going to watch it. <laughs> yeah. So it looks really good, and I think that's pretty much it with the Yakuza. So they are like Japan's version of the mafia. Yeah. It's just, it's so interesting. But it's legal. Right. They, they, I don't want to say they won, but like everything that we fear, like gangs and all that shit to be, like that is where it's true. Like I feel like a lot of the. They made it a noble thing. 
well, let's just say, like, the, you know, the Illuminati, you know, yeah. they're like, oh, they have people that are in our government, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's a reality over there. Like, yeah. everything that we, like, you know, like, that's lore and, like, whatever, you know, uh, whatever. Like, they actually have people running things in, in the government, like. It's known that, like, people, I guess not after 2011, but before that, it was known that people in the Yakuza were working with politicians and businesses and executives and whatnot interesting to think about but at the same time it's also weird because they're not necessarily i was also thinking how do they do their hits if there's not that many guns i was also saying you said there's one murder with how much with guns just with a gun yeah but whatever like they're so infiltrated into everything that i'd highly imagine that like they can report whatever statistic on gun violence that they want I don't think so because they have so many laws that are coming into place. I think what happens is that they just use swords. True, or you just don't find the body. Yeah, that's a good point. But I'd be hard pressed that they can make themselves eight billion dollars. But they're an island, so all they all they'd have to do is just take a boat. How far do you have to go and dump the body before it won't flow back? It depends on the current. You know. Also, they probably weigh it down. Makes sense. You know. I'm just hard-pressed if, like, more than one... If they have that much, like, oversight. Well, there's murders, but they're just not by guns. They probably strangulation and... Stabbing. Yeah, exactly. The other thing that I was really confused about, too, is they're so involved with, like, the sex trafficking and the drug trafficking, but then there's so many humanitarian efforts. It's like, which is it? Give a penny, take a penny. I don't know. I, I, how can you go look at those women and degrade them and force them into that work, but then also try to be, like, Maybe help your people? Maybe some Yakuza gangs, like, specialize. In. I, w- in the Sofa King podcast, they were saying that certain gangs, like, certain factions of the Yakuza specialize in certain, like, one does sex trafficking, one mm. does arms dealing, one does drugs. It, it did say most of the arrests were drug-related. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to think about. And it's a nice taste breaker, I feel like, from the massive amounts of murder that I've been covering. Right. Like, this is implied murders. Yeah. It's not as specific. It's also mind games. It's intimidation and white-collar crime. And just so embedded in their culture, you know? Like, gangs have been in our culture, but I feel like there's still that, like, distinguishable, like, good and bad. Whereas there, it's... And why is it okay for them to steal and make billions of dollars in that somehow better than it is i don't think it's better or worse i'm just saying they won like they have the right people in power yeah. to where it doesn't matter like yeah you're right well that was the yakuza and we will be releasing a mini-sode this week as well for our patreon no just as a i wanted to do a, a teaser yeah <laughs> But other than that, let us know your feedback. Let us know if there's any topics you want us to cover. Check out our website. Check out our social media. And we will see you next week. Nicole's probably going to kill me after this podcast. (laughs) The Crime Couple reporting on Christian. Our last episode tuning out before Nicole's solo series. (laughs) Murder season four. Oh, man. Oh, wait, we gotta end it with pug snorts. Snurfles. Let me go get a snurfle because I want some cupcakes.
That was Tai Tai. Tank didn't come see me. He loves his dad too much. They're in the microwave. Yeah. Thank you.